it's a strategy to keep me on track. No! Harry, no! Don't look at the light! I can't help it. It's so beautiful. Images have the power to transform us. Great visual storytelling through photos, video, design, and sound have the power to move us from logic and reasoning to an emotionally driven state. Our behaviors and actions, especially as consumers, are driven by emotion. This makes visual branding the most powerful tool in your marketing machine. My name's Alec Watson. I'm a visual branding specialist. I've worked with brands ranging from pop stars to presidents. I've had an unusual career that started with gold and platinum records and music production and moved on to my first love of photography and filming. I'm excited to learn with you from business luminaries I work with, look up to, and admire. I want to make a difference in your life by raising the power of your visual brand. In three, two, one. Welcome, and thanks for checking in this week. I have got something that I believe is going to be fantastic for you for staying in your creative lane. Whether you're an artist, an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, a CEO, the head of marketing, the head of creative, we all have to put on our creative hats and either find solutions to problems or create things that are going to engage people in some way. And it's incredibly important for us to be able to stay in that creative space. I was inspired this week by Dr. Greg Wells' audiobook, Rest, Refocus, and Recharge. There was a section in there on creativity. It really resonated with me. And I thought, you know what? I would love to share with you my top five ways of staying in my creative lane. I've managed to have a really successful like lifetime in creative pursuits. I started in music. I was a recording engineer and producer. I have a little wall of three gold records and a platinum. I was a session player on piano, a studio vocalist, and changed completely directions in my career to becoming a photographer and filmmaker, where I now photograph and film campaigns ranging from pop stars to presidents. I'm tasked by every client that I ever work with to come up with something creative and know that I'm going to deliver 100%. So I thought to myself, self, you know what would be awesome? If I pass these along to you and you did something with them, adopted one or two of these, and it made a creative difference in your life to make the world a better, more beautiful place. And that's what I think about pretty much every day. So let's start with number five. Ah, 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 ah. Emptying your plate of multitasking. I am a truly terrible multitasker. Now, I can combine things that I do in a way, but they all have to be going in the same direction. So I can do a one-man band type of thing for a short time. But I can't hold in my mind that I have an appointment at this time. I have to schedule this. I have to be there at this time and be creative simultaneously. Uh, Pretty much anybody in my life knows this. They're probably laughing right now. So the fix... Oh my goodness. Thank you, Siri. Now, I think that Siri has a long way to go and I can't wait for Siri to be better. But I will tell you absolutely for sure, I set alarms all day long. 
If I have to do something at 1030, I will set an alarm for 1020 just so I can concentrate and have purely focused concentration up until that time without ever having to look at the clock. If I'm sitting in front of my computer, my computer is on do not disturb. I do not want to know about texts. I do not want to know about emails. I can probably concentrate well for 45 to 90 minutes at a time. And if I can clear my plate for that amount of time, I know I'm going to get something done really well and focused. And to be able to pull that off, I have to be able to clear my mind and set appointments, scheduling, and anything else that I can do to clear my mind so that I don't have to be running some kind of little sub-program in the back of my mind going, okay, remember in 20 minutes I have to because there is no chance I'm going to remember and it fills up my brain. So number five, set alarms and reminders so you can clear your plate of all the multitasking. It's as simple as, hey Siri, remind me in 25 minutes to edit this podcast. Okay, add it to today's reminders. Thanks Siri. If you're good at math, you know that this takes us to number four. Four! My number four is wear creative clothes. Now that might sound silly, but man, what a difference. I don't know if you've ever worn a clown costume, and I have, but it's hard not to be a clown when you're wearing a clown costume. Whether you're an athlete with lucky socks, a musician with your lucky underpants, there's two parts to this creative process. One is the ritual of donning your lucky clothing, and that kind of feels empowering. The other is when you are in the moment, and it changes the way you feel in the moment. I have a lucky jacket. I don't know why, but at some point I realized that at all my big shoots, I had worn this same old sports coat. The poor thing, the lining was falling out of it, and it was kind of a mess, but there was something cool about it. It's actually an old guess one with a, a Union Jack on the back. Everybody always comments on it. And one day, uh, before I was married, my future wife, Sarah, stole it from my closet and took it to her seamstress and had a new lining put into it and presented it to me on our wedding day. It now has a, a permanent note inside it that's beautiful, and I read that every time I'm going to put that jacket on. And after a few moments of tearing up and feeling something special, I put on my lucky coat, I show up to whatever it is that I'm going to do creatively, and I deliver. And once again, it reinforces the power of my lucky sports coat. I wore it on the campaigns I shot with Britney Spears. And I wore it when I did the photography for the president of China, where I ironically felt way underdressed. But it was my lucky sports coat, and I looked like an artist. Number four in getting in your creative lane is finding your creative clothes, going through the ritual of putting the creative clothes on, and then wearing them to deliver on your creativity. That brings us to number three. Now, this one was directly inspired by Dr. Greg Wells. He talks about meditation in his book. And I actually have a meditation kind of process that I go through uh, whenever I'm working creatively. And th this came all the way back from my music days. 
In fact, this goes all the way back to high school, if I'm being honest. My brain gets tired every day. <sighs> now I know there's nothing, nothing unusual about that. We all get tired. I do know something about my tiredness is a little different to most. In a lot of the things that I work creatively on, there is a technical portion to it and a fully creative portion to it. For instance, I might be working on a computer at the same time as I'm working on music. Or I might be working on the settings of lights and cameras while I'm thinking creatively about the story that I'm trying to tell. My best personal explanation for this is that my left brain and right brain they are talking to each other a lot, and at some point, it seems to get full. It's at this point that I have to start talking out loud to myself to get things done. And I see other people get there all the time where we're just doing tasks and we have to say them out loud to work with our short-term memory. And this place is, it's the point of saturation. If you're a creative, man, you are done. So this is when I do my mini meditation. And now uh, I'll be honest, I don't always get to do this. But if you can find a place in your schedule for an afternoon break, for me, it, I need 11 minutes. And just about everybody I've ever worked with has seen me pull off my eight minute nap in 11 minutes. Now, it's not like a nap where I fall asleep, but it turns out it's probably just a little mini meditation and it does a reset and suddenly my brain wakes back up and it's fully functional again. Here's how I think of it. If I can, I find a space to lie down or sit down and I go into what I call input mode. I close my eyes and I listen. Now, as a, a trained recording engineer, I can probably hear cues and direction and frequencies in a way maybe like a, a chef can taste things. Like I, I'm terrible at that game. If somebody says, you know, what do you taste in this wine or in this food? It's just like, I don't know. Uh, is it mashed potatoes? I'm, I'm truly terrible with my palate, but with my ears, really, really good. And, and at the crash point, when I'm done, I will notice that my left-right stereo field is really extra wide. There's something very strange going on about sound. And it, it's probably the way my, my brain processes it at that point. If I go to input mode, all I do is I just listen to sound. I listen to all the sounds that I can hear and I listen to their directionality while I've got my eyes closed. I slow down my breathing and once I realize that I have got all the sound cues around me and I have built all the sounds around me, there's, there's nothing unexpected going on. Now I move on to touch. Can I feel the weight of the floor uh, underneath me? Can I feel a seat that I'm sitting in? I just think about touch and sound and breathing at the same time. If conscious thoughts come into my head, I try to remove the conscious thoughts and I go back to the process again of just listening to the sound, listening to my breath, feeling the weight of my body. It usually takes me about three minutes to hit a space where I've removed myself from the environment that I'm in to just being in a complete input mode. At some point during the eight minutes while I'm in this space, I will snap back to consciousness, realize that I am lying on the floor or sitting wherever I'm sitting and have just been in input mode. And my mind 
is completely focusable again. I will not have to talk out loud to myself and I am ready to go on for another four to five hours of work. Now, it may sound silly to some people to suggest to them that, you know what? I am going to have to take a little nap right now. But if you can consciously put that into your workday, that makes my work far more focusable and I can put in a much, much better working day as a creative by scheduling this in to my afternoon. So I suggest maybe don't call it a nap. We call it a mini meditation. And I promise you it is 100% worthwhile for you and the projects that you're working on. Well, if I haven't lost you with the idea of a mini meditation or a nap, we'll get back to things that you think are probably more practical. Number two, preparation. We finally have a working tractor beam, which we shall call Preparation H. Again, this (laughs) totally comes from music for me. The idea of pre-production. If I have technical requirements, technical setup. I do not want to do my technician stuff right before I do my creative stuff. I don't want to go one to the other. I promise you that I can 100% light a set and then film or shoot on that set all in one go. But I can also tell you 100% from experience, if there's a possibility for me to set up the night before the creative space that I am in when we hit the floor to shoot, man, it is a different space. So obviously we're not all setting up lights and and shooting, but just about all of us have some kind of technical component to being a creative. The more space you can put between that technical part that you have to do and going into your creative space, the stronger you're going to be. So often If I'm, for me, if I'm on a set, I will see if I can go in, uh, set up in the morning. I mean, obviously, as I said, if I can set up the night before, man, that is awesome. Uh, Generally, there's not access. But if I can go and set up before, say, breakfast, have my breakfast, and then go in and be a creative after that, my shoots go way better. And, And I bet you, if you work on computers or you work with technical gear, and you can do the technical gear step away and then come back to be a creative, you're going to stay in your creative space way easier without having to work both sides of your brain. And this takes me to the number one thing that will help me be a creative. And I hope it'll help you be a creative too. And this is the idea of having a workflow. One. And this probably falls under the category of preparation, but it's, it's preparation definitely ahead of time. This even happens before pre-production. So what's a workflow? Workflows, for me, they, they come from technical jobs. So uh, pilots, for instance, they have a technical checklist that's all written out in front of them, and they have to go through everything on that checklist. They might be the most experienced pilot in the world, but they are going to run through their checklist. As a recording engineer, I used to sit in front of one of those huge mixing consoles, the one with all the buttons. I mean, that thing had more buttons than a 747. I, Of course, I've never been in a 747 or flown one, but I'm willing to bet that a big Neve or SSL console has more buttons than a plane like that. Of course, most of those buttons do the same thing, but understanding 
the workflow and the way the signal goes from one place to another is something that's super important because you cannot be thinking about the way the signal is processed and the signal travels through a console and be a creative at the same time. It's just not possible. As a photographer, you don't want to be thinking about your camera settings while you're taking amazing photos. Because the reality is, you're not going to be taking the amazing photos that you should be taking the whole time that you're thinking about anything technical. Incidentally, I'm going to give uh, myself a plug. I created a workflow for specifically for photographers. It's my personal workflow called Whamzai, white balance, aperture, metering, shutter speed, and ISO. And there's a reason for the order. It's because I have to stay in my creative space. Anybody who's a photographer, you know what? Check it out. If I've got an important shoot, I have to go through my workflow every time because I need to stay in my creative space. Whatever creative space that you work in, you want to figure out your workflow. If you're putting out great social media posts, there's a workflow that you do pretty much every time. You want to step outside of that workflow and look at what you do. If you can write down exactly what you do and make that order very specific, you're going to have more creative brain power to work on the creative part of that process rather than just going through the technical. Now, I will admit to being a person that does like to be organized, but I can tell you that that organization doesn't come from a need for me to be organized. It's actually quite the opposite. It's because I 100% know that the scatter array of things that are flying around in my mind constantly and could distract me from going to here to there. The reason that I'm a bad multitasker is because I can get distracted so easily. So the organization, it's not about being organized. It's a strategy to keep me on track. No, Harry, no! Don't look at the light! I can't help it. It's so beautiful. If I have a workflow for the technical, I don't have to use up that brain power on thinking about anything technical. I can stay engaged in my creative space. And I promise you that if I have a secret sauce to being a creative, that is the secret sauce. In my career, I have been a recording engineer, a record producer, a vocalist, a photographer, and a filmmaker. I'm the luckiest guy in the world for getting to be a creative. Through all of this, I have now moved into the space of getting to be a creative as well as helping out you. That is my legacy project. I want to see you do fantastically well. If you believe in good karma and who doesn't, it would sure make a difference to me and my family if you took a couple of minutes to leave me a review five stars, subscribe to this podcast, or tell a couple of friends about it. I would be forever grateful. When a big company hires me to come and film or photograph their campaigns, there's a bunch of things that I do that are pretty much the same every time. I have codified this, and between my master's education at Harvard in learning how to be an online digital educator and my experience as a creative, I have created an online course called Your Visual Brand. It is the easy button to get you everything you need to know about the art of visual branding so you can engage your audience through campaigns, social media, 
and websites like a boss. Great visual branding will absolutely increase your income. You can elevate the success of your visual brand at yourvisualbrand.com. If you got something out of this podcast, I hope you did, please pass it along to some friends. This truly is my legacy project. And if I can make a difference in lives, man, that would be awesome. In the meantime, go create some art, be a creative, take a look around you and see the beauty, take some photos, share it online and make the world a better and more beautiful place. Here we go. Rolling sound. Quiet. Here we go. Three, two, one. Action.